welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Zahner. I believe in the power of sharing our experiences and knowledge with others, and when we do, we are creating ripples of impact around us. Each week, get ready for intimate personal shares, honest, relatable conversations, aha moments, and so much more. This space was designed to create empowerment, inspiration, community, and provide guidance to elevate those around us. I am so excited to have you here. Get ready and let's start creating ripples. Hello, welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Zahner. And today joining me as a guest is Kelsey Erickson. She is the creator of Ever Me and Co. and is an intuitive life coach. And I'm super excited to have her on the podcast. I actually just met Kelsey in real life for the first time, I guess just over a week ago. That seems like eons ago already. Like I feel like that happened months ago at this time. I I don't know, like the concept of time right now is just insane. And we kind of got connected like through Chelsea Larson, who I talk a lot about on the podcast and she's been on the pod. And I'm super looking forward to this podcast because Kelsey and I were kind of talking before about like what we want to have this topic be and what our conversation is going to be about. And a lot of things that she brought up are the topics that continue to come up for me in my personal life, but also that continue to come up in my conversations with a lot of my podcast guests. So Kelsey, I would love for you to introduce yourself to the listeners and kind of give a little backstory into the creation of Ever Me and Co. Thank you, Alex, for that kind introduction. Um, I feel like everyone should be a podcast guest at some point in their life, just so they can like feel pumped up like that. Um, I'm Kelsey, like Alex said, I am an intuitive life coach, with, which is somewhat of a new title for me. And I'll explain what that means uh, in a second. Um, I was so drawn to the content that Alex is putting out in this podcast, because just that metaphor of creating ripples has, it's been something that's been on my mind since I was 14 years old. Um, so I'll give a little bit of backstory on just like how I even came to be an intuitive life coach, why that's important to me. Um, And it all started uh, when I was 14 years old. When I was 14, my dad's dad passed away super suddenly. And, you know, it was one of the first major losses in my life. And at his funeral, I couldn't help but be equal parts mesmerized and intrigued by the fact that he had a line out the door at his funeral, like out the door, wrapped around the block, people just waiting um, to share how he had impacted their life. And at that young age, I just remember having this moment of like, you know, that really seems what life is about. I think, you know, you're doing something right when at the end of your life, you know, that's the kind of impact that you had. So that for me, that was the first time that the concept of legacy came up for me. And I, and I think uh, creating ripples is one of those ways that you are able to leave a legacy. So it started there, kind of changed my life um, for a long, long time, made my life very difficult through the grieving process and things like that. But ultimately, you know, I believe in the phrase, like, turn your mess into a message. And that's the catalyst for like what went on to eventually be ever me. Um, you know, I went to a small liberal arts college, uh, Gustavus Adolphus down in St. Peter, Minnesota, for those of you who are familiar. Um, and 
at school, they talked a lot about vocation and purpose. And, you know, we had this tagline at one point that was make your life count. And I really thought, I was like, well, I think you make your life count by doing purposeful work. And then, you know, at the end of your life, you got this legacy thing because all these people come to celebrate your wife and your gifts and, you, you know, your contributions. And uh, so then I tack on this concept of purpose. And, you know, I was like, again, I'm not really sure what this means, but like, I want to live this life of purpose and I want to show up in the world in that way. Um, we'll fast forward post-college, you know, that's that first time at least for me, where I was making like some big decisions. I'm like, what do I want to do for work? What do I want to, um, you know, bring forth to the world in that way? And at the same time, I had been dating my uh, now husband, high school sweetheart, who at that kind of critical time of like early career, getting started in the corporate world really showed me that when you want to live a life of legacy and a life um, of purpose, you really also need to live a life of intention and mm -hmm execute in a way that makes those other things possible. So when I first joined the corporate world and I got super burnt out, I was just like, this like can't be all there is. Like, I feel like I'm called for so much more. I want to have this purpose. I want to leave this legacy. And it just felt very like stifling. And my husband is someone who is the consummate, um, you know, man of integrity, living by his values, living his legacy, living his purpose. And he's been a great role model for me over the years to do just that. Well, like I said, I joined the corporate world. I'm having all these thoughts on legacy and purpose and life with intention. And uh, I got super burnt out in my first job. And uh, like many people do, I'm coming to learn. Uh, and I was like, this can't be all there is. Like, there has to be something more. And I ended up making a couple career changes along the way. I interviewed or did an informational interview with a woman who uh, she's a life coach and has her own business. And at the time I was, I was curious about both those things. I was like, what does it mean to have your own business? And what does it mean to be a life coach? I was like, both sound like things that are cool and I would probably be good at. <laughs> well, before I even hung up the phone with her, I um, intuitively knew like, yep, I'm going to try that. I don't come from a family of entrepreneurs. I didn't even know what a coach was at that time. It just, again, sounded and felt like something that might be good for me. And uh, as they say from there, the rest was kind of history. I launched my company at that time. And for a long time, it was called Evermeet Coaching, which was very much centered around uh, career and life coaching. And just recently in 2021, just a few months ago, I rebranded my company to be Evermi and Co. I needed something that was um, could encapsulate all the different elements of me, the ways in which I had grown out of Evermi coaching. Um, and you know, an important thing to share with all that is a lot of people ask me, like, what is Evermi? Like, what does that mean? And I love answering this question because I basically made up this word and like, how cool is it that I made up a word? Like, dear Merriam-Webster, please add my word to your dictionary. Uh, Evermi means the evolution of you. And so for me this year, rebranding, stepping into this new title of intuitive life coach, bringing forth some new offerings um, was really me honoring my own Evermi and I'm just very excited about it, grateful for it. Like it brings me connected to people like you and the lovely people of your audience. So that's amazing. <laughs> There's so many parts of that experience that I kind of want to dive deeper into. And 
one of them being you said the words now I will where did my notes go <sighs> oh oh uh, god now I'm lost my train of thought <laughs> you said the words like of knowing and then like feeling it in your body and like oh yeah it sounded and felt like something I should do is what you said. It sounded and felt like something I should do. And what I really think is interesting about this is the idea of like feeling something that you should do. And can you kind of explain what that feeling was? Because I think a lot of times we struggle to understand what our body is telling us. And when it's like giving us these like hits and you also used the word like an intuitive kind of hit came up for you. And so just like diving deeper into those things, this idea of feeling like you should do something and what it means like to intuitively know. Yes. So intuition is a huge, I mean, intuitive life coach. So that's like ingrained in what I'm doing. Intuition is such a powerful tool that we all have access to, but we're not really, um, as with many things, um, we're not really taught to hone in on that, connect to it, have a relationship with it. And uh, for me in that moment, it was very much like a physical feeling. And that's often how my intuition shows up for me. So it happens very like, kind of like full body excitement or, you know, just this like, um, you know, whenever you've been um, presented with different opportunities in your life, there's always kind of maybe one that stands out that's like, yes, that's the one for me. It's like just excitement and like also this really cool, powerful, grounded feeling of like, if you go with that, everything will be okay. So it feels very expansive, but then also very grounded at the same time. And, you know, even in the language that I use, I said, I, it felt like something I should do, which a lot of times we hear that should phrase and it's often, I felt like I should get this job because I thought that's what my parents wanted me to do or my, what my parents said I should do or what society said I should do. But when it comes, when that should feeling comes from your intuition, it's like the most empowering feeling. And it's, it's like one of the okay types of shoulds, you know, it's like, mm -hmm you, it's a good one to follow, not necessarily one that's going to kind of bring you down a rabbit hole of building up a life that's not necessarily designed by you. Mm. Yeah. It's noticing and recognizing the difference was between feeling what you should do because of expectations that other people have placed on you or a should of like, wow, this is something like, I love the words you use of expansive and grounded and it gives you that empowering feeling and like you're feeling like I should do this because of like that vast opportunities that are going to come and you feel like you want to like lean into it and embrace it. And there's a difference between the two and it's recognizing them um, and being able to distinguish which should is coming up in those situations. And I think our bodies do tell us when it is the should where it's maybe a way that someone has made us feel like we're supposed to be doing something. And it's like, we get tense or we get anxious or we get stressed and we don't feel this idea of expansion of grounding of empowerment that you are talking about. Yeah. And I, uh, I wish everyone could see both you and I explain this because when you're talking about like when it's coming from expectations of others, like we're both kind of like, 
crouching in a little bit and like bringing in our body tight. And then when we're talking about intuition, it's like, you feel more expansive, like both of our hands, like go up in the air and like, we're, you know, you can physically embody intuition in that way. Um, you know, I will say we should define something here quick. I think there's intuition. One way that I think we all kind of know about intuition is sort of that, like, fight or flight response or like, oh, that's a creepy alleyway. I shouldn't walk down there. It doesn't feel right. Almost like a survival instinct, which is a very valid part of our intuition and probably one of the oldest parts of our intuition. But that same thing can speak to you on all these different areas of your life. And by connecting in and starting to notice the nuances between how it feels when it's in alignment versus how it feels when you're responding to somebody's expectations, it can be a really powerful tool in helping you you know, find direction, make decisions, things like that. So it serves a very survivalistic purpose, but it also can be this um, internal thing, you know, your internal compass of kind of guiding you forward based on what lights you up, what kind of gets you excited. And um, like you said, like where you like lean into things versus feeling kind of like you're, you're kind of crabby about doing it because it's not totally what you want to be doing. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm, and I think it's, it's cool when we're able to really listen to that. And one thing I'm grateful for is being able, we actually discussed this last night in book club of how it's hard to understand like what our body is telling us and what we're feeling in our body when something feels good, but we can easily recognize when something feels bad. And so we were talking about, you know, how do we recognize when we're like feeling good in our body and everyone was just kind of commenting on, well, it feels like light or it just feels at peace or things feel in flow. And some of the other book club club attendees are kind of like, well, I just like struggle to like recognize when I'm feeling in my body. But when I, I can tell you, I can definitely know when I'm not feeling good in my body because I am tense. Everything feels tight. I feel like I just need like a massage to relax and to just let things go. And sometimes it's easier to just be like, whoa, I'm out of my body right now. This is what's happening for me. And I think it's important to be able to recognize those moments where you feel a little bit lighter and you feel like, all right, this is it. I'm listening to what's coming up in this journey. I'm listening to what my mind, my body, and my soul are telling me and taking that next step and listening to like, this is something I should do. And I think that ties perfectly into your creation of the creatively designed life and this idea of like, what do you want versus what you should do kind of a thing. And I think if you could just dive deeper and explain that a little bit more, I would love to have the listeners hear kind of that whole concept and idea around what it looks like for that creatively designed life. Yeah. So um, a creatively designed life is one in which you are building your life on your terms based on your life values and your purpose and your intuition. So it's very much grounded in this very, very strong foundation on who are you, what are you here to do, and how are you going to go about doing it? And it's, uh, it's not for the weary. I mean, when you, when you want to be honest with yourself and want to really get to know yourself and what it is that you want and start to strip away all the things that 
the societal expectations, the shoulds from other people, even the shoulds from yourself, like it can feel a little bit raw at first, but it is also the most empowering thing I think we can do for ourselves to create our lives in this way. And, um, you know, when I challenge clients and friends to, to be creative in their life and how they're thinking about their life and how they want their life to look, I often will hear, well, I'm not very creative. Like we are all creative. We all are creative in different ways. And you are, you're creating your life right now, whether you're doing so with awareness, with intention, with purpose. I mean, either way you're creating how your life is going to look. When you throw in that intention and that awareness, you start to dive into your life values. You start to, um, solidify as much as possible what your life purpose is. I don't think it, uh, you know, the second you label something, it changes. So life purpose is very nebulous for me, though I think it is, it can be definable in a way. Um, But when you start to mix in all these things, life just gets so much better. Like it just, it's so freeing. It's so empowering to know that, you know, to look around your house or your apartment and to know like, I curated this, like I created this and this is in alignment with me and my highest self and where I'm going. That's so cool to have. And I think to something you said earlier around, um, you know, we definitely know physically when something is off or when something's not right. And still what's underlying there is that awareness. And, you know, for me personally, where I'm at with my intuition right now is that I get a lot of really cool intuitive moments that are empowering and expansive and all those things. But for a long time, it was my intuition telling me what wasn't working, what wasn't right. So to be aware of even that is such a powerful tool as you're creating your life. So within the creation of, you know, stepping into your purpose and living out a life that you know, you like you were talking about, you look around and you just feel like, wow, I created this for myself. Where does somebody begin to take those steps if they're listening? And maybe it's not a full career change, but they're just like, I want to feel like I'm living with more purpose. I want to be the person like Kelsey was talking about with her grandpa, where years down the road, when I've moved on from living on earth that people want to come and show up and like be someone that drew so many people in because of the way that I lived my life. Yeah. So one thing that's really important to me is also this concept of like building a living legacy. And I think that's possible through this creatively designed life concept. And I think the first place that I would recommend that people start is just like with self-awareness, growing your self-awareness, which you can do through self-reflection is, you know, my go-to place, which could look like, um, you know, starting a journaling practice, starting, um, you know, finding out what are your life values, putting language to that, putting language to, you know, what do you think your life purpose is? Actually asking those questions Um, obviously working with a coach is one option, but also, you know, working with a mentor who has asked some of these questions and figured them out before, 
um, reading the books upon books upon books that people have wrote about making meaning out of life and what their stories are and things like that. Those can all be such expansive tools for you um, just to grow your own awareness and start to have uh, some of that foundation for you as you move forward. And at first it might feel like kind of a rocky foundation because if you haven't done a lot of reflection work or built your self-awareness up, it could feel a little weird at first getting to know yourself. Like how weird does that sound? Like, what do you mean we need to like get to know ourselves? Like, aren't we just with ourselves every day? But again, it's that intentionality piece. And um, that's always the place to start. The other thing to remember is like, I think there's a lot of um, myths out there about living with intention or living out your life purpose. Um, a couple being that like, you know, if you live a life of purpose, you're not going to make any money doing it because it has to be altruistic and selfless and whatever. Um, another one could be, you're not really living your life purpose if you have a nine to five job, because only people that, you know, go to a different country and save babies are living a life purpose, you know? So there's all these stories that can come up around life purpose. And I challenge you just to, um, when those thoughts do come up, like I often will say, like, just pick them up and like put them on a shelf and just be like, okay, I'll deal with you in a second, just so you can give yourself that space to, to be with your own thoughts, to be creative and what you want your purpose to look like. Um, and the last thing I'll say on purpose is the way you really ultimately should be looking at it is like purpose does not have to equal career. So get your thinking just to be even bigger and broader than that. And how can you live your life purpose in every single interaction? Like if that's what your life purpose is. Um, for example, you know, what I often will tie to my life purpose is like awakening the leaders within. So in any interaction I'm having with somebody, I'm trying to like get at their inner leader and get them to, you know, stand up a little straighter or be a little bit more bold, things like that. And that can happen at work. That can happen in business, that can happen at the grocery store, that could happen um, in a random conversation with a neighbor. Like it is not limited to a profession or a career. That's such an important statement because a lot of times I find that's where the struggle can be is this idea around my purpose and my career, like it being synonymous and it being interchangeable, but that is not the truth. And I love what you said of think about what your purpose is and how can that show up in every interaction that you have, because that is super powerful. Even if you can just, I, I really like that idea of asking yourself, you know, what is your purpose? And then how can I show my purpose in every time, every time that I'm connecting with someone else or every opportunity that I'm interacting with another human is a chance to live out my life's purpose because that takes a lot of pressure off this idea of, well, I need to have a career where I'm doing X, Y, and Z. And you might actually like the career you're in, but it might not be aligned with exactly what your purpose is. But then you can start to bring out your purpose in interactions that you have with other people you work with in a career setting. And I think that's a really powerful reminder. Yeah. And that was like, I mean, that's exactly where I was, you know, moving Evermy Coaching to Evermy and Co. I thought Evermy Coaching was my life purpose. 
And then I started to kind of have these thoughts of like, I'm not really like loving career coaching as much as I was. I'm not really liking talking about this stuff as much as I was. And I felt so stifled because I had, I had fallen into that myth of, oh, great. I'm living my life purpose. It's through my business. Like that's how I'm executing on it. But then when that started to shift, it was kind of like this, like uh, moment of like, oh shoot, I think something's still not lined up with my purpose because I was trying to just make it happen through Evermy coaching through that tiny pinhole of a business. Mm. Um, so I had to go through that lesson before Evermy and co could even be born because, uh, I didn't want to keep going in business with the same sort of sense that I was feeling like in a corporate job, you know, like just, there's gotta be something more. I gotta, it should be feeling more purposeful, right? Like, so I had to think bigger than just the career, the vocation or the job part of it. When you were talking about ways for someone to become more self-aware and have that self-reflection, one of the things you talked about was life values. Where does someone start to come up with what their life values are? So there's a lot of different ways. The very first thing that pops into my head is like, one way you can look at it is like, what areas of your life does it feel like you are at? Okay, picture this. Picture a garden hose. One end is the spigot. That's where you turn it on, get the water flowing. The other end, the water comes out. Let's say you're holding the hose. You're trying to water your garden, aka your life. And all of a sudden, it's like no water is coming out. And it's because there's a kink in the hose. Like what areas of your life feel like there's like a kink in the hose or like things that just like kind of like grind your gears or throw you off or like stifle your flow. Um, for example, for me, one of my life values is freedom. So this whole um, COVID, while I wish it like would not have happened, but to have the ability to work from home, that was giving me and feeding that value of freedom. So it's like, it went from the hose was kinked because I was in the office five days a week to the hose was let go. The water can run freely. I felt like that value was more fully being honored. So with the, actually the guests that I have on my podcast that were on last week, we talked about values as well. And one of the conversations that we talked about was this idea of also just the interpretation of a word and how what's cool about when we set our values is Kelsey and I could each set the same word, but our interpretation of it could be very different. And I just think that that's a really cool reminder of you get to decide what are the values that you want to set for your life. And then when you are putting down your values, like pen to paper, definitely like for me, that's always been helpful of like pen to paper. What are the few words and things that I really want to focus on? And I usually try to like do, so I usually do like a word of the year, but I feel like that's different than your values because a word of a year I use more as like a guide and your values, I think are things for you to be able to come back to of just like, is this decision in alignment with how I want to live out my life. I think about it like as a company value, right? You make decisions coming back to your values. Does this align with the type of company we want to be? Does this align with the type of person that I want to be? And it's coming back to like, 
does this align with like my purpose and why I'm here on earth and the way that I want to show up in my interactions and the way that I want to show up as myself on this earth while I'm here living out this one beautiful life that we have. Yeah, that's a beautiful description. And I think uh, as you start to put language to your values and start to realize how you can um, live them out, it's also, you know, it's a good point to, um, what's the best way to describe it, to just check in with yourself on them and make sure that, okay, if your value is um, integrity, but then you are working in a company that doesn't share that same value, or you see things that are going against it, you know, can are, what are you going to do? What are, actions are you going to take to make sure that you stay in alignment with that value? The other thing to be careful about is, uh, let's say, you know, uh, my, one of my values, like I said, is freedom. So right now I'm in the stage where a lot of my friends are starting to have kids. Well, when that started to happen, I was like, well, wait, do like, do we want to start a family? Is that where we're at right now? And it's like, that's what everyone else is doing. That's what's best for them. But like, if I want to fully honor my value of freedom, then the answer is still no, that's not right for us. So it's kind of like falling into that. Um, and we all do it like that comparison thing, like comparing your values, like choose your values because they are like the most important thing to you. And then you have to honor them. Like it's one thing to put language around them, but it's another thing to honor it no matter what comes up, no matter what goes on around you. Because it's just, then it's just going back to what we were talking about before, the expectations, the shoulds, whatever, like your values should be those timeless things that no matter what's happening in the world, your values are your values. With values, I think that that's a really important thing and it ties perfectly into this idea around purpose. And one thing that I kind of want to loop back to is when you were talking about how you took that leap to launch and create Everme and Co, which was Everme Coaching, And this idea around you just kind of went for it, right? You lean into that intuition. And even though you didn't really like know where to start or what was going on, you went after something that you knew just like felt like it was something you had to do. And that is something I would love to just hear a little bit more about that process and going after something that was on your heart that you knew you had to do. Uh, yeah, that is like the great mystery of life. Um, I, well, I'll start by saying I've always kind of been wired like that. I've always been, you know, very driven, very motivated, high achiever, all that good stuff, which like sometimes can be uh, it's usually a really good thing. Sometimes it can be a bad thing. But when I had this placed on my heart as something for me to go forward with, part of what made it easier to take that first step is because of these reflections I had already had on legacy and purpose and knowing that those were values that I wanted to have as part of my life. So that made that first step a little bit easier. Um, and it, it makes a lot of the steps um I'm more motivated to take them, but Alex, there has been so many moments in this journey that have been full of fear and full of doubts and full of feeling like, what if no one likes this? What if, 
no one cares? What if I'm not making a difference? What if I'm doing all of this to leave a legacy, create this living legacy, and like it's not changing anybody's life or it's not, you know, doing the thing that I thought it was going to do. And so it's, um, like I said, setting out on that creatively designed life to chase after what's most important to you to turn your dreams and hopes and goals into a reality is, isn't for the weary because there's a lot of fears you have to face. And, you know, one thing I didn't know about starting a business until after I started a business is like, if you want to be tested, if you want to learn and grow and expand your life, start a business. Like don't even start a business actually to like make money or whatever, like just start a business to put yourself through that personal development, like whirlwind because it shows you so much about where you have limiting beliefs, where you have strengths, where you have, um, how you can create impact, what that's going to look like. And it's been a whirlwind of a ride, but Alex, you know, one thing I keep, I, I think about a lot is, and this is actually part of my, uh, human design profile, which I'm not sure, um, how many of your listeners are in the human design world, but like I fell head over heels last year and it just, I haven't looked back. One of the parts of my human design says that like one of my biggest fears is that my life will come to an end before I found out the meaning of it, which to me has like so many synchronicities back to like what I saw with my grandpa and wanting to live a, leave a legacy and live a life of purpose. And so it's like, I kind of got that like, you know, flowing through me at any given time where I'm feeling like I got to do this thing because I think it's what I'm supposed to do. And I feel called to do it. I got to get it out in the world because life is really short. Like you don't know when your time is going to come. Right. So it's, I also have that sort of sense of urgency. Um, though I do a lot of work also to temper myself and say like, life is really long. Like, yes, grandpa had such a huge legacy because he lived for a really long time. Like it's a fine line, but, um, I, maybe that's kind of morbid, but I'm a little bit motivated by, I got to get this stuff done while I can, you know? I mean, I, I, I think that we, we don't know when life is going to end. And nope. so you don't, obviously when we pass, we're not able to per se, look back on our life, but like, you don't want to look back years from now and wish you had started and wish you had done X, Y, and Z. And you know, the episode that I talk about today of like this idea around procrastinating in your own life. Like if you're someone that keep like things keep coming up of this idea for you to launch a business or to maybe run that race, go on the trip, whatever it is. And you keep stalling. It's like, ask yourself, why, why am I stalling on that? Like, this is my life. I'm here. I'm living it right now. So I might as well do the things that I'm feeling called to do while I still can do them. Well, and I think, I think fear plays a big role in that and why we don't, because even I I procrastinate too. Like I'm doing all these really cool things, but like I procrastinate, Mm -hmm. I put stuff off, um, you know, at the event you were talking about that you hosted, I was in a, one of the small groups and everyone's like, I want to write a book or I'm writing a book. And I was like, I've written two and I've done nothing with Mm. them. Um, they are just sitting, uh, on my shelf. Um, so I have all those same things too, but you know, I, I, 
what I was thinking about in response to your episode today was a lot of times why we don't start is because we, we, we haven't fully embodied the thing yet. And we haven't, we don't feel confident yet that we can do that thing, be that thing, start that thing, but that happens over time. So you might as well start today and just trust that, you know, in that catch-up period, you're eventually going to get to the point where you were glad you started. You already have, you know, three months, six months, a year under your belt, and you're probably feeling more aligned. Like, oh, I do feel like a business owner now, or I do feel like a podcast host, or I feel like a yoga teacher, or I feel like whatever the thing you're trying to aspire to be. Um, and you know, they, I, that kind of ties to the phrase like "fake it till you make it," which I sort of hate. Um, cause I don't want to fake anything. I want everyone to be like, extremely authentic. Um, but there's a trust piece in that. Just trust that when you show up for the first time, it makes all the other times easier. And over time, you'll be that new version of yourself that you're hoping to mm-hmm. create. My friend Maddie says this, and I reference it a lot on the podcast, but this idea of starting before you're ready. And I think it ties Mm -hmm. into what you were talking about. If you want to learn a lot about yourself, launch a business. I think you can say that with anything. If there's something that is coming up in your mind and fear is like holding you back from doing it, do it, start that thing, do that thing, because that's where you're going to literally learn so much about yourself and you're going to have so much personal development and growth in that situation. But like you said, fear and that self-doubt and this idea around like, am I worthy? Am I good enough to do these things? That is what holds us in that stall. That is what makes us procrastinate in our life. And for you, what ways do you work with the fear so that you were able to launch the business by moving through it versus letting it be what stopped you and hold you back. Because who knows if you hadn't gone and moved past that fear five years ago, where would you have been today? Oh, that's a terrifying question that I hope I never have to answer in my life. Um, you know, there's a couple of ways and I don't know if they are uh, the quote unquote right ways to face your fears, but they are what works for me. One is, um, I call it like leapfrogging. Like when I head into something, I already know fear is going to like try to come in and like take over the show. So I just try to like leapfrog it really fast before it can take over. Um, acknowledging that it's there, you know, I'm kind of hopping over it being like, Hey fear, I got to go do this thing. Like see you in a bit. Um, that's helpful for me. Another thing is like, one of my coaches, he told me like, don't fight fear. Like fear is like a little kid kicking and screaming in the backseat of a car. Like all it wants to do is like be acknowledged. Hey fear, how's it going? I see you. Yep. You're looking good today, but like, we got this thing to do. So just like buckle up, we're going to go. And then remember that you're the driver of that car. I love that metaphor because it was just like, yeah, like just fear is going to be there anyway. Like I'm never operating like fearless. Like I'm always doing this with my fear. Um, And the other thing I've done a lot around is I'm a big, like I go to books, I go to podcasts, resources, things like that. So two books in particular that I would recommend. One is called A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. 
she talks about essentially contrasting love and fear and what they both mean and what they're both doing in our lives. And she just spells it out so beautifully that it's like, Ooh, I know what I'm doing when I'm operating in fear. And I really want to be more on this love side of things. Um, and then the other book, which is one of the most like direct books I've ever read about fear is called fear is my homeboy. And I'm blanking on the woman's name. I can't see my copy around me right now. Um, but just chapter after chapter, this woman is just like telling you like how to address your fears, how to overcome them. Um, so those have been very powerful techniques and tools for me. Uh, but the other thing, the other thing actually that motivates me to go through the fear is like, what if I don't do this? Like, I know I'm going to make a difference. Like, what if I don't do this? That's so sad to think about a world who hasn't experienced one of my teachings, one of my writings, one of my, I mean, that's killing me about this book stuff is that it's like, I got to get this out. I want to bring this to the world. Um, because to the whole, the theme of this podcast, if I don't create this ripple, what's not going to happen because the little waves aren't seeping out in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want that. I feel like I'm somebody that's able to cultivate that type of ripple. So I might as well try it. Yes, I love that so, so much because it is so true where we will have so much fear and we let that stop us. But I love this idea of reframing that fear and like, but if I don't do this, I'm actually like doing a disservice to someone that could benefit from whatever it was I was going to create or whatever it was that I was going to do, or I'm also doing myself a disservice of what I would learn in that process of running the race, creating the business, launching that workshop, writing that book. And the only way I can see it is like, if you don't do the thing, there's only missed opportunities. And so it's learning to, as you were saying, like, yeah, fear is going to be there no matter what. So we have to learn to work with it versus letting it be something that just continues to like hold us down and stop us from going forward in our life. Yeah. And the one thing I'll add to that, um, another way to kind of overcome or work through your fears is I keep something that I call a keep going folder in my phone. And anytime I get like, you know, a a positive client testimonial or someone says, you know, thank you for recommending that book. It went on to open up this door for me or any, any sort of recognition that I made an impact or I did a good job. I screenshot and I put it in this folder so that on days when I'm feeling like, oh my God, why am I doing this? Or fear is telling me like, don't even try not going to be successful. You're not going to make a difference, whatever. I just go back to this folder and it's a good anchoring kind of grounding point for me to say, oh yeah. Okay. I can do this. I've done it before. I'm going to keep making the impact. Um, so that's been really helpful for me just to have that point of connection to say, yeah, keep going. Like it's called. (laughs) So I want to talk a little bit more about the human design and what that is and how you can use it as a resource or tool in living out your life's purpose. Okay. First of all, I love human design. So if I start talking like way too fast and like saying way too much, then you just need to interject. (laughs) 
because I, um, yeah, I just love it. Um, so funny enough, actually, the first time I came across human design, I'll, I'll explain what it is in a second, but the first time I came across human design, I didn't like it. I was like, what is this talking about? This is so weird. I didn't understand what any of it was saying. Um, and I just like deleted the email and like went about my life. This was sometime in 2019. Then 2020 happened and, you know, we got all this time on our hands, lots of time for self-reflection. Uh, and so I went back into it and I was like, there is something here that is like going to change my life and that it has. So human design, um, you know, long-term human design practitioners might not like me describing it like this, but it's kind of like a personality test. That's like the easiest way I can kind of get you to realize what we're talking about except that it's not based on societal conditioning. So human design is a combination of a handful of different modalities. It um, blends astrology, I Ching, um, the chakra system, Kabbalah. There are um, many different nuances and layers to it, but it, I say all that because it's based on, uh, not to sound too cheesy, but it's based on like what was written in the stars when you were born. So just like astrology, it's based on, you know, date, time, location, where you were born versus like you take something like a Myers-Briggs or a Strengths Finder, which I love both of those things. But I don't know if I'm that way because I answered that question because I'm so used to being one type of way or if that's just really like how I was designed. Mm -hmm. And the belief within human design is like, it's your design at the time you were created or where you were born rather. Um, you know, this is your makeup of who you are. And it, it touches on different things like personality. Um, a big portion of it that I like is it touches on your um, energy, how you create, manage, generate energy. Um, and uh, it ties into like your habits and just how you make decisions, what you're here to do. Like there's so many really cool ties into all the things that I love. Um, it's a very complex system, but it's really cool once you dive into it. And like I said, it's been life-changing for me. It's given me, um, you know, sometimes you have like permission slip moments where you feel like life just like handed you something. It's like, yeah, you do you even more now. Like that's what human design was for me. Mm. Do you know your type? I don't know my type. I'm going to have to go look uh, it up though. <laughs> well, do you know what time you're born? So I did. And I'm always, I always forget my, I, cause Suze has looked up my yeah. astrology chart for me before and I always try to find it. And I know it was like in like the 10 or 11 AM hour, but I'm going to, okay. I'm going to have to look it up because I'm very curious as to what, what I am. And yeah. when you use it, how do you use it as a tool to guide you? Like what different ways can you use that information? Um, so one of the main ways for me is, um, I found out through human design that I am something called a projector, which it's one of four or five, depending on who, you, who you're asking, um, different categories of that people fall into based on date, time, location of when they were born. The really powerful thing about this for me was that, um, like I said, it was one of those permission slip moments. So projectors, um, we need a lot of rest. We need a lot of quiet time. We need a lot of detached from society time, which is very much like uh, kind of what quarantine was for me, um, which is cool to be experiencing that and going through this human design journey. 
Um, but one of the things that it really unlocked for me is like, one of the things I hate being told or I hate being made felt like is when I feel like someone like wants to call me lazy or if I tell myself I'm being lazy because projectors like are not lazy at all. We just need to like chill and rest like a lot versus another type is called a generator and they are like, just as their namesake mentions, kind of like the energizer bunny. Like they're always generating like energy. They can keep going, going, going all day long. So that's like how I was, had been operating is like that I was a generator and I'm not like, that's not how I'm designed to go about my day-to-day life. So that was very empowering to learn because, um, you know, I never want to feel like I'm being lazy, but it's not because I'm being lazy. It's just because I'm not designed like that. So interesting. I, I just love learning about all like human design and how you can tap into that and access that in our astrology charts. And there's just so much power in like connecting with these different resources and really utilizing them to help us kind of like understand ourselves more. Yeah. And then, you know, just tying it back to intuition, as much as I love human design and I like astrology and I do love Myers-Briggs, strength finders, all that stuff. Like just remember it is, um, it's another container. It's another label for you to interact with for your intuition to interact with. So if you look up your human design and you're like, well, I I got that I was a projector, but I, I love being like a generator, then like honor that intuitive hit and like, keep doing your generator thing, you know, Mm -hmm. um, always, always, always go back to your intuition for the truth of something because you're so much more expansive than just a system or a, you know, a container like so that. So uses use it as a guide, but don't feel like you are stuck into the parameters of what it's telling you. Right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. And then there's another thing that I wanted to make sure that we hit on. And it was this concept around seeds and this creation that you are working on. And I think it's just really cool to hear the different programs and offerings that you have and your goal and really your purpose of helping people to, and I don't want to butcher the way that you phrased it of like guiding people into their like leadership um, roles and opportunities. And you can probably phrase your purpose obviously better than I can, but I think just like sharing a little bit more about what that is and what that looks like. Yeah. So I'm realizing like either I'm just like a total cheese ball or like I should keep making up words and acronyms because we've already listed like so many today and it's making me laugh. Um, But SEEDS uh, stands for Starting Exciting Entrepreneurial Dreams Successfully. And this came about because earlier this year, um, a really good friend of mine, Allie Hansen, who owns the Vine Room out in Hopkins, co-facilitated an event at her space and we were guiding uh the attendees through an exercise of you know planting that first seed and what is that exciting thing that you want to do what's that goal that you have that thing you want to start um and as well as featuring Allie and her story as an entrepreneur and things like that and it was just like the coolest experience, like just watching everyone light up and watching them bring their ideas forth. And like, I'm like, I love ideas. Like ideas are one of my love languages. So it's a perfect fit for me from that standpoint. Um, But one of the things that I do in this workshop is just give people the space and the time 
to have that awareness, to start to flesh out that idea. What is that thing that they want to do? And connect with other people who are thinking in that similar way. Because um, I don't know if you've experienced this with the podcast, but like sometimes in business, it's like, I'm a business of one. So any chance I get to have like a community and some connection points with other business owners or other like-minded people on whatever topic, it just, it helps me so much to have that community and to have that space. So the seeds workshops are something that I'll be bringing forth. Um, right now I'm thinking like once a month, um, featuring different founders, hopefully have you on there. That would be super cool. Um, and then eventually working with people one-on-one, like right at the start of their business. Like the thing I was thinking about recently is like, I want to be people's first business coach. Like when things are just getting planted, when that seed is just getting planted, I want to be right there with people, you know, and then watch it grow from there. That's, that's my life purpose in a, I was going to say in a nutshell, but then I was like, I should say in a seed and then it all fell flat. So I'm just going to leave it there. (laughs) I like it. I like it. I, I, I mean, it is a really cool thing to get to be a part of that beginning stages and the early process and just the creation of something and how much work goes into it. It's challenging, but it's so fun. And I don't know, I, I, I think back to creating the podcast and I had a coach, I worked with Nikki Norenberg and it was just like helpful to be able to bounce ideas off somebody, but it was just really fun getting to create something, right? Like creating ripples didn't exist. The name of a podcast with creating ripples did not exist. So that was a process in itself. And then envisioning what was the purpose of that podcast and coming back to the why, and just like all these different things that you have to do when you are working to put something together and launch something, whether it's a business, a passion project, whatever it is, there's so much work that goes into it, but it's such a cool process. And like you said, Kelsey, you do learn so much about yourself in those moments. Yeah. But I mean, that's so exciting to hear about. I just had like the biggest smile on my face while you were explaining that, because it's like, it's, there's so much excitement and momentum in that early stage. And you know, just like the creatively designed life, I want to make sure that any of these businesses, passion projects, whatever the thing is, start on a solid foundation. So again, it's the same sort of things. What is, what are your core values? How does your purpose manifest through whatever this thing is that you're doing? Are you honoring your purpose and whatever this thing is you're doing? Um, tying all those same things back to it because a strong foundation, whether it's your life or your business or what have you is so important. I like that a lot. It's, it's making sure you're building yourself up from the ground up, right? We have to be rooted and we have to have a foundation to go off of. And I think a lot of what we talked about, like these values, your purpose and leaning into the life that you want for yourself, help you to create this foundation for yourself. So my last question that I have for you, which is my favorite question, honestly, I love asking because everyone just interprets it in so many different ways is what is the ripple that you want to create? Oh my gosh. This is like the best question and the best time of my day because I love that. Um, The ripple I want to create 
I think it goes back to kind of what I was sharing earlier. Like I want to awaken the leader within. I want everyone to feel like they have the power and the capacity within them to create the life that they want to live, to, to have their own creatively designed life. Like if I could do that with every person I interact with, I mean, I get kind of overwhelmed thinking about that because how different would our world be, you know? And that's what, you know, wakes me up in the morning. That's what keeps me going. And yeah, that's ripple. I love it. And yeah, I just love getting to hear how people want to create a ripple of impact, a ripple of change out into the world. It's just, it's a really cool and beautiful thing. And so I'm excited for you to continue to create those ripples. And definitely one of them is you coming on this podcast and sharing your personal experience and the Evermico and your insight and your knowledge. And I'm grateful to have you be on the podcast. And this was so fun to Kelsey getting to chat and talk. And I literally was talking I texted my mom to see if there was any way she knew what time I was born so that I could tell you while we were still (laughs) recording, but she says she does not remember either. So I'm going to have to find that birth certificate. Um, We can do it. We'll do a part two. We will. That'd be so fun. Human design part two. Yes. Um, But other than that, where can my listeners find you? Um, Well, virtually, I'm usually showing up a lot on Instagram, which my handle is at ever me period and period co um wait now that I'm saying that out loud is that actually what it is <laughs> oh my god I think that's what it is hang on I got it do you have your Instagram open I I will be linking it in the show notes too okay I want to just make sure I say this yes. correctly that's so embarrassing it is ever me dot and dot co Okay. So I said that right. Okay. Edit out all this. <laughs> if you will. Um, yeah. Most of the time is on Instagram. You can find me at Evermy period and period co. Um, also, if you head over to my website, which is www.evermeandco.com, I have a free quiz. It's called the self-reflection quiz. So again, one of those places to get started, if you're looking to define your values and um, start down that journey. Um, would love to have you take that. And, uh, also at any time, like reach out on Instagram or through my website. Like, I love to know, um, how these conversations are making a difference. And, um, thank you, Alex, for having me on super fun to talk with you. And like I said, having those like-minded connections, um, is, it means the world to me. So appreciate it. Yay. Thank you so much, Kelsey. It was so awesome getting to chat with you today. And for all the listeners, make sure that you hit follow and subscribe. If you got something out of this episode, let Kelsey and I know what you walked away from. And until next time, let's go out and start creating ripples. Mm